You are listening to the Reality Church Ventura podcast, a collection of sermons from our weekly Sunday gatherings. To learn more about reality, visit us online at realityventura.com. Verses four through seven first. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And now verses 10 through 14. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This is God's word. Good morning. Um, Today is the second week of our Advent series Our series is entitled God With Us, and, uh, you know, we tend to talk about Advent as a season, but really Advent is more of a theme throughout Scripture, beginning in the Old Testament, all through the Old Testament. Um, It's full of waiting upon the Lord's deliverance for the Messiah to come, and then, of course, the Gospels, the first chunk of the New Testament, celebrates the promised coming of Jesus, the Savior King. And then uh, the rest of the New Testament, especially in the the apostolic letters to the early church, um, they focus on the anticipation for the day when Jesus will return to right every wrong. And so uh, Advent, which means arrival, uh, is a season of anticipation. It's a season of waiting uh, on the Lord. And so for us, it's a time to sit with God's promises and lean into what his promises mean for us today as we live our lives in the present, as we wait upon the Lord. And in this, Advent not only gives us hope for the future, but a clear understanding of God's presence in our lives right now. And so this month, we are looking at a variety of passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament, passages that demonstrate God's promise to be with us as we anticipate the work of Jesus in our lives and in the world around us. Each passage that we'll be teaching from uh, is, is selected to help us understand how to trust Jesus today, right here in the here and now, as we celebrate his first coming, which is what we do at Christmas time, and as we anticipate his second arrival. Because while we are waiting for the Lord to return and right every wrong on earth, we must remember that God is with us in our waiting. And so we lean into that trusting that there is a purpose and in our waiting. 
Last week, Tim taught from the book of Isaiah, and we saw some of the challenges that Israel had as they waited on the Lord. And it was good for us. Uh, It was challenging um, for us to see both our struggle with waiting and also to find encouragement um, from Isaiah to wait well because waiting is not a wasted season. It's not wasted because God is with us in our waiting. And so we as a people can wait with a purpose. And today, we are looking at Jeremiah 29, as was just read, and we see that God is with us in our circumstances. And that is the title of the sermon today. God is with us in our circumstances. While we may have uh, trouble waiting, right? We might hate waiting. I hate waiting. I'm, I'm impatient in that way. It is especially challenging for us to wait when we feel like we're waiting alone, or when we find ourselves waiting in difficult circumstances, or when our waiting seems pointless or endless. And so in our passage today, we see a promise from God for his people. And let's look at verse 11 of Jeremiah 29. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. So with that, let's pray. This is God's word for us this morning. Let's pray that God would reveal to us his presence God would reveal to us his character. God would reveal to us his plan that we would be a people who live our lives with God according to his plan. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together, Lord, to spend some time in your word. And we just ask you now, Holy Spirit, to be our teacher, our instructor. God, open our hearts. Lord, reveal the ways in which maybe we don't wait well. Lord, reveal in our hearts today your love, your beauty, the joy of walking with you. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that you have a plan for us. I pray that you would awaken us to that reality that we would live our lives according to your plan. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God is with us in our circumstances, and that is good news for us. It's good news because it means that we can find hope in the midst of life's circumstances. Now, the question is, how do we discover, how do we realize this hope in our life, especially when life is hard? How do we find hope in God when life is complicated? Well, our passage in Jeremiah 29, it shows us that we find hope in the midst of life's circumstances in in three ways, or three primary ways we could find hope. The first is, as we remember God's character, we can find hope. The second is, as we rely on God's presence, we can find hope. And the third thing we see in our passage is we can find hope as we rest in God's promises. So we're going to take a look at those three things. Um, We find hope in the midst of life circumstances when we remember God's character. Um, Growing up, I uh, would do pretty much whatever my dad would challenge me to do. As a little kid, I mean, I would jump off the roof of the house if he held his arms up, right? When we're backpacking, I would jump into any lake from any height if he said, hey, let's go for it, right? Like, I I trusted that. With dirt bike riding growing up, I would hit any hill climb or jump or trail that he would challenge me to do. Uh, My teenage years, I got into like muscle cars and building cars, and my dad was not mechanically inclined, but he would like interconnected me with mechanics that taught me, and he would help me buy things and really encourage me to finish my projects so I got to drive them. Um, I grew up trusting my dad. Why? Well, because I trusted his character. My dad like had earned my trust. He had my best interest in mind. 
My, my dad, growing up, to me, as a son, was trustworthy. He knew what I was capable of, and he would encourage me and help me when I questioned myself. He was all about my success. He wanted me to succeed and experience new things and develop and grow as a man. And see, in the same way, remembering God's character helps us find hope because God's character can be trusted. God is good and God is sovereign, so I can trust him. And that's important to remember because while God's character is good, his ways, the way in which he goes about doing good things is not the way we always would choose to go about doing good things. Our passage today offers a great example of this. Look at verse four, Jeremiah 29, four. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. You, you catch that? God carried his people into exile, his chosen people, right, who were living in the promised land that he had given them. God carries them into exile in a foreign land. Now, the Bible teaches that God is both sovereign, he's over all things, and he's good, which means he's, he's never at fault. And so how could it be that God, who is good, is responsible for Israel's exile, right? Doesn't that seem, well, bad, right? Like, doesn't that seem like a bad thing? See, that's a move that's beyond our ability to understand. And to put it in a more personal way, if God is both sovereign and good, what are we supposed to make of the hard times or the painful circumstances that we live through in life? When life is hard, how is it that God is both sovereign and good? And we don't always know why we experience the hardships we face in life. But just because we don't know why does not mean that God is not good. In fact, it's in our hardships when we need to understand and rely on God's goodness the most. This is important because we will only find hope beyond life's circumstances and hardships by remembering and relying and resting on the character of God. And so how do we do this? Right? Well, first, I'll give an example of what not to do, what, what I tend to do. We need to be very careful to not trade away what we know about God for what we're unsure of in life. See, we can quickly forget how amazing and capable and sovereign God is when we start to focus on how hard and painful and meaningless some seasons of life are, especially in difficult times. And this can happen so quickly. When uncertainty or hardship becomes too great, we might start to focus on hardship rather than focusing on God. And before you know it, we forget about God's character. God's character is no longer a comfort for us. We forget how amazing, how capable, how sovereign he is when we start to focus on how hard or difficult or even painful life seems in certain seasons. And so how can we guard against this? What do we do? Well, in the Psalms, man, David gives us some wonderful examples of how to walk in hard circumstances with God. David sets a great example. He gives us a look into how he navigated hard times. And David, if you don't know, experienced some hard times in his life, right? Rather than trading his faith in God away for fear and worry and disappointment as we sometimes do, 
David leaned into the presence of God. My favorite place to see an example of this is Psalm 23, where David declares that the Lord is my shepherd, right? A very familiar passage. Psalm 23 famously talks about green pastures. And just reading Psalm 23 in a hard season can be like a green pasture in my life. So we're gonna read Psalm 23 together. Just take a minute. So just a few verses. Let's read this together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, it overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 23, and it's David's personal testimony of his personal experience with God. And in this testimony, David finds both hope in remembering God's character, and he finds joy even. Even in the midst of hard things, he remembers God through all of life, through the good times and the hard times. And with simplicity, he speaks of green pastures and still waters and being comforted. But he also, in the same stroke of the pen, he speaks of dark valleys and enemies, the hardships, real hardships that all of us face in our life. See, David's confidence is in the Lord through it all. And seeing this can be so helpful for us. Because he really believes that the Lord is his shepherd. He really believes that the Lord has all that he needs and provides all that he needs. He really believes that God will lead and protect and provide for him as he remembers who God is. And just like a trusting son, right, he chooses to rely on his heavenly father's character. He rejoices in who God is even in hard times. He shows us that while life circumstances might feel bad, God is still very good. And so even in the midst of life's bad and difficult circumstances, we can find rest and even joy as we remember the character of God. Now, I confess that my reaction to hardship is not always like David's Psalm 23 reaction to hardship, right? Sometimes I'm prone to like freaking out getting overwhelmed, or, or I panic. And, and in that panic, I'll forget sometimes who God is and, and what his promises are. And I'll start to focus on uncertainty. I'll start to get distracted when I'm in the dark valley. And that's all I see when I take my eyes off of the Lord. It's as if I trade away what I know to be true about God in exchange for the fear and the uncertainty of the valley of the shadow of death, which is the translation that I memorized as a kid, New American Standard, right? And, and when we do this, we're choosing to be led by uncertainty rather than be led by God. Now, think about what maybe you turn to when life seems impossible. Is what we turn to in our hardship, that's what's gonna lead us through our hardship. And so what else can lead us? Well, sometimes we, we just allow fear to lead us or we allow anger to lead us or we allow disappointment or insecurity or loneliness and, and we'll be consumed by something like that through a season or other people seek distractions. Maybe it's you just give in to lust or an addiction or alcohol 
or an obsessive work routine. Or, or maybe it's pride or greed or jealousy or, you know, basically Instagram, right? Like maybe, maybe it's we, we turn to these distractions in our seasons of hardship rather than turning to uh, the character of God. It's the only God can lead us with peace and joy through every season of life. Why? Because God is a good father. He sees beyond our present circumstances. He knows our limitations and our fear. God sees us, knows us, and is willing to lead us through difficult seasons so that we can mature and we can grow strong and we can enjoy the growth that we so desperately need. When we face hard or painful circumstances, it's good to remember that God is a good father. We must remember the character of God. And as we remember the character of God, we also need to rely on the presence of God. That's the second point. Rely on God's presence. Let's look at verse four again. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. See, there are two ways to read that verse. We can read it focusing on God as like just strictly as the responsible party. Like God just like, yanked them out of Israel and threw them into exile. Like, like they're on their way to Disneyland, right? They're in the carpool lane on the five, right? And it has its own exit. Disneyland is coming up, you know, and they're all stuck. God's like, nope, no Disneyland for you. You're going to the Inland Empire. That's where Babylon is. Like far away from what's fun. You know, like I'm angry, I'm disappointed. Like you're, you don't get to go. Now think about that for a second. God carried them into exile. This is a people that he loves, this is a people that, that he's like, the entire history of God and Israel up to this point has been a, a, a story, the, the arc of the story is God longing to bless his people. And so he carries them into a season of exile. And, and so it begs the question, does God carry us into hardship too? And the answer to that question is, yes, he does, absolutely. In the same way, that when you break a bone, sometimes you got to go in and get that sucker rebroken and set, right? In the same way, God is willing to bring us through necessary, painful seasons so that our life can be kind of rebroken and reset so that we can heal and be restored. Have you ever had a, a, a lacerate or a cut that required stitches? Um, man, it, it's crazy when you go in for stitches. You're like the single most painful area of my body that I'm guarding with all that I am. When the doctor looks at it, the first thing they want to do is shove a needle right into the center of it, right? So that they can numb it. You're just like, oh, you just did that, right? And then they pull the needle out and it's like your skin all of a sudden becomes like aged cowhide. And it's like, like, look at all the pressure. He's like tearing through the skin and, and it's like this horrible experience and you have to like keep it clean and, and it's, it's sensitive. And it's like, man, nobody wants to do that. Stitches are so painful and uncomfortable. They require so much healing and so much guarding, but they're absolutely necessary. It's hard to submit willingly to stitches. It's hard to submit to getting a bone reset or any form of you know, dental work. Like It's hard. You don't want to do that. In the same way, we don't want to live through seasons of uncertainty when things aren't working out the way that we had hoped. But there's a second way that we can read this verse. See, God doesn't just shove us into hardship, right? He's not like, oh, you're on your own, kid, right? Like, good luck. God, it says he carries us. God is with us. And we can rely on his presence. It's necessary for us to experience hardship. And God chooses to remain with us 
in our hardship. In the Psalms, David rejoices in the presence of God in hard times. Again, Psalm 23, looking at verse four, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, in the midst of personal hardship, David chooses to receive God's presence as a comfort and as a security, as his peace, as his contentment. And so the question that this begs is, as I read and, and study this is the question I would ask you, how might God's presence in the midst of personal hardships, how might God's presence bring you comfort and security? What fear or obsession or distraction is God wanting to replace with his peace and his contentment? See, when God came to earth, he came as Emmanuel. That's the, the title that the prophet Isaiah said. You know, you will call him Emmanuel. It's one of the things that God is that literally means God is with us. Jesus is literally God's presence for us to enjoy, to lean into, to, to build confidence in us, for us to find salvation and forgiveness and hope. See, choosing to remember God's character and choosing to rely on God's presence, it changes the way that we experience life's circumstances because we're not alone. We are with someone who is good because when we trust a good father who's with us, we are able to find confidence and purpose and we're able to rest in his promises. And that's our third point, rest in God's promises. Now, dad, well, dads are planners. At least I'm a dad, I'm a planner. I love planning, love to plan stuff. Um, I love to pack stuff. I love to pa plan stuff that requires packing. Um, like we as a church, you might notice we have like a trailer and many coolers and bins. Like I love packing stuff. Like the youth goes somewhere, it's like a military operation, right? I have a team of people that help. We have this multi-tab spreadsheet. We're very organized, right? We can, we can set up a kitchen and cook a meal and feed other people, pack it back up and be on the road in like just a couple of hours. Like, like let's go, right? Let's get those vans up in a line. And if I'm leading a youth trip or a family trip, you know I've got a plan, even, even my dad, who, who is a lot more impulsive than I am, um, had a plan typically. Similarly, our, our good father, our heavenly father, who is present in our hardship, God has a good plan. How much more are we able to trust God's promise that he has a plan? See, our outlook on life, our, our outlook on the future, even in hard times, it changes when we remember that God is good, that he's present, and that he has a plan. In our passage in Jeremiah 29 today, starting in verse 10, here, listen to this. God says, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan, and it's a good plan. And it's so much better when we remember that God is good and present and has a plan. Because living through hardship with God and his good plan, it, it means that there's purpose in our hardship. It's not a pointless season. There's, there's purpose in, in our pain and in our loneliness, in our tendencies to become anxious. God, God can work in that and use those seasons of disappointment even. This is a personal testimony to this. These last few, few months, uh, some of you guys know, but... Um, I, God's been at work in my life like in crazy ways. And I know God's like, trying to get my attention in the most minute details all day, every day, 
And you know how I know? I know because I've been going through insane physical trials. Uh, early in October, I had a, an anaphylactic reaction, which is, I don't know if you know, but like some people, like I've been blessed with this. Like I'm so allergic to certain things that the best thing that my body can come up with is to close my airway and make my blood pressure drop to zero and die, right? And so I went in for a routine whatever and I had a medication that like almost nobody, my doctor friends when I tell them, we think this is probably what I'm allergic to, they're like, it can't be that, it's gotta be something else, right? Like it's something that nobody's allergic to or very few people and it was like, I had an anaphylactic reaction and it was gnarly. And ever since then, my body has been like guarding itself against everything around me. And it's like, it's been scary. It's like my body continually wants, my airway wants to close. My chest wants to tighten up. My face becomes numb. I have hives like all over me all the time. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's unpredictable. It's not fun. It's changed my life. I'm a planner. This is not a part of my plan, right? Like, I've, I've had to change events, right? Which I don't, I don't like last-minute change, right? Like, I had a spreadsheet, right? Like, we'd, we had to change some things. But I know that God is at work in me. I know that God is leading me through hardship. So I, I can't just simply pray it away because I know God is a good purpose in the midst of it, right? I know he's with me. I trust God's plan is good. I trust God's plan is good for me and the people in my life. You know, my poor family, right? My, the poor people that work with me, even the teenagers on the Mystery Road trip, like, it's like, are you okay? Like, you gonna make it tonight, right? Like, like dude, it's like, I have to trust that that's okay, that that's like a part of God's good and perfect plan. See, God is with me in my present circumstances. And so my role in this is to lean into the character and the presence of God, trusting that, that his plan is good. See, I don't want to miss what God's doing. And so I just let him lead and trust. Now, I admit I'm not great at trusting God in difficult circumstances. I, I really, I'm not. I would way rather make my own plan. But it's hard for me. I, like, it's hard. I don't like discomfort. I don't choose discomfort, right? I, I have to work at remembering that God has a plan and I can trust him. And it's been, an awesome, it's been awesome because in the midst of this season, as a family, we have like our, we call our little family devos. We go verse by verse through a book of the Bible. The last couple of months, um, we've been in <coughs> Philippians. <coughs> right on time. And <coughs> a few weeks ago, <coughs> I got to sit with this verse. This is Philippians chapter two, verse 13. It says, <coughs> For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God is willing to do long-term work in me. Think about that for a second. God is willing to do a work in me that I don't have vision for. God's willing to invest in me. He's he's willing to do the work that that I'm not able to see, that maybe maybe when I'm super honest with myself, I can see like I've got these flaws, but I have no way to get out of that dead end that it feels like a dead end street in my life. God loves me so much that he's willing to lead me through difficult times so that I can know and trust and follow him more, so that I can have more of his good blessings, more of his good plans in my life. See, God sees what's possible in us. And he's good enough to desire that the good work be done in you. God's good enough. He's loving enough to remain with us 
through the hard seasons. And he's purposeful to see that his good promises are fulfilled. Now, those of you who know me know that I love cities. I love New York City, big city, love it. And there's a theology behind it too, right? Like, I love Jesus, Jesus loves people. People live in cities. And so as Christians, we love big cities, bigger the better. New York City, it takes so many years to build like the massive new towers that are near Central Park that, you know, you hear these apartments going for like 50 million each and you're like, dude, who built that building, right? Like someone's making some money. Well, that, that, that vision for that building started decades ago, right? Someone had to build some, buy some like city block of crummy little brownstone apartments that have been run down for decades and they had to like invest lots of money and present plans to the city and then they had to evict everybody and then they had to level the land and they had to haul all that stuff out and then, and then they had to dig a giant hole because you got to go down to bedrock and then you got to provide for parking so they're building underground parking structures. And then this thing shoots out of the ground and a decade later you've got this amazing building, apartment selling for 10 to 50 million bucks. And everyone's like, man, that guy's crazy rich, dude. How does he do it? Well, he does it because he's got vision. He's willing to invest. He's willing to do the hard work and he's willing to wait. God's amazing work of renewal in us is a lot like that. God, in his love, has vision for our life, long-term vision for our life. And there's seasons in our life of preparation. There's seasons of tearing down. There's seasons of of designing and, and God getting us on board with his design for our life. And then that foundation has to be dug. And some of us, if you're anything like me, man, there's a lot of digging that took place to build a foundation in my life. There's a lot that needs to be removed. Finally, there's a long season of building. See, there's a reason for God working in our life. The work can be painful. The work can take years. But we can live with God through life circumstances and find hope as we remember the character of God. As we remember that God is good. As we rely on God's presence, right? We we rely on the reality that God is with us. And as we rest in the promises of God, We rest in the fact that God's promises are real and they're good. God is with us every step of the way and we can trust him because he is a good father. He has a good plan. God is with us in our circumstances. This Advent season, I wanna encourage you to enjoy Jesus. He is with you in your circumstances. He is with you whether you feel like you're at the the bottom of a season. He's with you if you feel like you're in a season of trials. He's with you if you feel like you're in a season of blessing. Maybe he's, maybe he's trying to like ground your feet again and get you to lean into the reality of who he is and get you to see his plan for your life and maybe not your own. Jesus is with you. And this Advent season, I want to encourage you to prepare your hearts in the midst of whatever circumstance you find yourself to lean into the presence of God for he is with you and he's for you, amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for your word, and I thank you, God, just for being with us today. And Holy Spirit, now as we worship, God, we want to respond as a people. We we don't just want to hear some good things and maybe find some encouragement or some challenges and then go to lunch. We want to be a people that experience the reality of your love. We want to be a people who experience an interaction with your good will and your good plan for our life. So tonight, we, or this morning, Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to lead us and direct us as we respond.
God, that we would offer ourselves, that we would offer this season of life, that we would offer our preferences, our opinions, our strong feelings, that we would offer our suffering, that we would offer hardship even, that we would offer ourselves to you today. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us to embrace and celebrate the character and the presence and the plans of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.